Hey moms and grandmoms, this Moms Together podcast is designed just for you, a busy mom or grandmom. All the Moms Together topics are relevant to today's family. Current parenting information and trends will be discussed. You'll receive a word of encouragement and we will share a laugh and be blessed by a heartfelt prayer. We're Lori Wildenberg and Heather Riggleman, and our families are made up of littles to young adults. Together with our mom team, we host Moms Together on Facebook, and we're closing in on 20,000 moms, and now it's time to grow our community through a podcast. Many of us question how to navigate motherhood because life is messy and the struggle is real. So join us as we discuss subjects that are close to your mom or grandmom heart. Let's do this mom life together because we are better together. Hey, moms and grandmoms. This is our Moms Together Episode 7, and I'm Lori Wildenberg, your co-host today. In Episode 6, our last episode, my co-host Heather Riggleman and um, her guest pharmacist Michaela Peterson discussed the connection between diet and behavior. And oh my gosh, if you missed it, you're really going to want to check that one out. Um, You know, these times are getting pretty weird today, and... uh, Many of us are seeing some unusual behaviors and uh, from our kids and, I mean, even maybe from ourselves and other people around us. Um, there's this fear and anxiety that's really covering many, many people. Um, this shelter at home is producing a lot of these uncomfortable feelings um, in ourselves and in our kids, and it's a real challenge. Anyway, difficult things like sibling rivalry, boy, that might have even gone to a whole nother level. And moms, we want to know, want you to know that we are here for you and we want to help you navigate these uh, really uncharted waters. And that's why we have Dr. Eve Rosno here, one of our Moms Together team members, to give us some really sage advice. And not only is it very wise, but it's her advice is always practical and it's um, It's just laden with great discernment. So you will really appreciate what Eve has to say. And actually, she's going to give us five very practical and doable ways to bust that anxiety that this time of uncertainty is producing in ourselves and in our kids. So actually, before we jump into our topic, Eve, could you please um, tell us just a little bit about yourself so our listeners have a sense of who you are? Sure. And thanks for having me today. I'm, I'm happy to be with you and to have an excuse to talk to another adult. <laughs> uh, my name is Dr. Eve Rosno, and I am a wife and mother to four kids. My kids are 11, 8, 6, and 4. And so I am right there with you moms who are experiencing this new, this new world of parenting um, that we're encountering. Um, I'm a licensed psychologist and I also have an essential oils business. And so I enjoy helping people from all different realms, from the physical, the spiritual, uh, emotional, psychological, all of that. So I hope today that uh, I'll bring you some helpful tips or at least reminders. I think none of these things are like rocket science. But sometimes we just need to hear them again. And sometimes we're missing one or two of these and we go, oh, maybe that's what's missing, why we're struggling so much. So I'm happy to be here. You know, what I do love, Eve, is you have that whole person approach, right? You meld it all together. And, and really, that's what we need in order to move forward. And um, 
So I'm just, I'm just really glad you're here because I know that we'll all learn a lot. So your kiddos, how are, just how are they doing? And what's been one of the first things that you've kind of tried to implement given these crazy circumstances? Uh, they're doing pretty good. They're doing pretty good. One of the things that I noticed right away, even before school got um, called off or however you want to call that, um, is how much they already knew about this. Mm -hmm. That even my kindergartner was talking about the coronavirus. Oh, you know? wow. So I think sometimes um, we make us we make false assumptions. We think, oh, they're not paying attention. They don't really know. Like pretty much life's normal for them, but um, they usually know more more than we think we do. And we're doing all right here. Like we struggle with every one of these things I'm going to tell you about. It's a struggle at our house too, but. Um, you know, when we can rein them in, we see things going so much more smoothly. Oh, well, great. So get us started. What, what would be uh, maybe one of the first things that you would, you've been thinking about for your, your kiddo's schedule? Well, it, you just said it. It's really schedule. Um, schedule is a huge part of it. So um, consistency and predictability and this relates largely to schedule, but it really relates to your whole household. And so this time is no different than normal. Kids always do so much better if they know what's coming next. And especially in times of turmoil. So when there are so many things uncertain in the world and they know a little bit about that uncertainty, they know that things are a little scary because why else wouldn't we be able to go play or go visit grandma or go to school even. I mean, that's the most consistency that they have. Um, if you school outside of your home, that is their consistency. And so when that's taken away, the number one thing you can do is create a new, consistent, predictable routine. So as much as you can, and maybe you're changing it, it has to change. Like we can't expect it to stay the same as it was before. But whatever you're settled into, try to make that as consistent as possible so that they know what's coming next. Oh, we do this around this time. We do this. Our family always eats together here. When I hit my brother, I have this consequence. That hasn't changed. Like as many things that they knew from before, try to help them know them that they're still in place. They need us to put those fences and boundaries up so that they can feel safe. If everything's just wide open and all the rules go out the window, they're never going to tell you this, but that's really scary for them. They need us to provide those boundaries and guidelines and consistency, just like they did before, but even more so. Even if they're different than they were before, try to find a new normal and then try to stick to that as much as you can. Boy, that's really good. You know, it, it reminds me of a study that was done, and you probably are familiar with it, where um, there was a playground, and they, they first had the playground that it had no fences or anything. And the kids all stayed sort of huddled in one little area right by the equipment. But then when they put a fence around it, the kids were, felt comfortable spreading out in the whole space and using the whole space. And just knowing that there's those boundaries there just provides more, actually provides more flexibility and movement for them because they're more comfortable and they feel safer in that, in that particular environment. 
So yeah, I think um, keeping those boundaries in place is really important and having that consistency. And even if uh, you're a homeschool parent, things are still not the same. Things are different as well. So those folks have to change things up a bit too. Did you talk to your kids about, hey, this is how we're going to um, kind of have this, this rhythm of, of consistency and predictability? Or did you have a, a discussion with your kids or have you just been naturally doing it and it's just fallen into place? Um, you know, we have those discussions here and there. We didn't have a real formal sit down with a chart that shows this is our new yeah. whatever that might have been beneficial, but we have we haven't done that. But they but you know, we're we're just kind of even now really just kind of falling into our what what seems to be working. And that's important to know too. You might try something and it's just not the right fit for your family and you need to go back to the drawing board and try something new, that's okay. I'm not saying don't change anything. If it's not working, you can change it. But try to find that comfortable um, routine for your family. That's really good because I think sometimes parents feel like, okay, we made this decision to do it this way. And because we spoke it, we're just stuck and we can't get out of that. But yeah, this is so different and it's okay to revisit things and do things differently. And, you know, this didn't work. So we're going to try this instead. You know, we've been trying to get up at like the normal time that we did for school, but Hey, maybe we can get up a little bit later, but we still can have learning time, even though we get up a little bit later. So yeah, it's okay to, to change things up and be a little bit flexible. Um, what else would you recommend as far as like physically for, for kiddos during this time? Yeah, I think sometimes, like you said in the beginning, we forget sometimes how much um, nutrition and those, those patterns uh, affect behavior and mood. Like uh, things like that affect uh, anxiety in kids a lot and disruptive behavior affected tremendously by um, nutrition and sleep habits getting good solid sleep is super important super important for kids to be able to have emotional regulation um, and so remind remembering you know it's hard and we're out of the ordinary and it's really tempting to just say eat whatever you want i don't want to fight about it you've already been had so much taken away i don't want to take away something you love go ahead eat that candy as much as you want, you know, um, and I'm not saying candy is bad all the time, but sometimes when we're tired and we're stressed, the last thing we think about is really working on helping our kids have a healthy diet with lots of fruits and vegetables. And if that's a struggle for you, you know, maybe you need to think about how to supplement. So at least they're getting some of those nutrients. If you can't make a healthy meal every single day or three times a day now, um, just at least try to supplement. Some important ones I think are vitamin D, vitamin C, um, zinc is really important for your immune system, you know, and, and just those things help you regulate help them stay regulated and help their bodies continue to grow and be healthy in general. Uh, such good points. And, you know, again, going back to your consistency and predictability kind of melded with the, the good sleep idea. 
Um, I was working with a client just yesterday and she has a teenage son and his sleep cycle is completely off the charts since they've, since they've been sheltered at home. He's staying up till like two or three in the morning and then sleeping in really late. And then he's been using his cell phone during these times. And it's been a real challenge for them. How, what would you, what would you advise if um, somebody else who's listening has a teenager and they're kind of in this mode? I think the first step is to try to get their buy-in, try to get the kids buy-in, especially teenagers, even preteens. Like my daughter just turned 11 and this is a big struggle for us. And the more they sense you like controlling, controlling, the more they're going to push. So even if you create some sort of a, some kind of reward, even something that they're motivated because they don't understand why they have to do this. What difference does it make? I'm getting the same amount of sleep. So what difference does it make <laughs> if I start at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. instead of starting at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m., which is more reasonable. Um, so my advice would be find a way to get their buy-in. If there's something they've been wanting or if there's something, find a way to make a plan, even if it's something you were going to buy them anyway, put it out there and try to make a plan so that they are motivated to do this. Because otherwise, you can't make someone sleep. Yeah, if someone doesn't want to sleep, you can't force them to sleep. It's not like other things you can't we learn that when they're infants right <laughs> yeah, no kidding absolutely and so find a way to get their buy-in so that they're on board with shifting this and then you know recognize maybe you're gonna have to settle for less than perfection they're probably not gonna go to sleep exactly when you'd love them to and they're not gonna want to wake up and um, you know you got to decide what battles you want to fight that's really good advice so um, what are some other things that you think would really help our kids feel secure during this, this time? Yeah. So going back to what I said in the beginning about how I realized that my kids already knew way more than I thought they knew. I don't know if their knowledge was, it wasn't always accurate, but they knew about this virus. And I think we need to be extra cautious that we as adults are sheltering them from information. Now I do have on, uh, usually I have on the briefings, the press briefings, I do usually have those on because I do think it's good for them to understand that something big is happening. This isn't just mom and dad deciding we have to stay home. This is a big deal. Now they're not paying attention to them, but I do have them on. Here's what I don't have on. I don't have on the network news. I don't have that playing during the day. I don't have commentators uh, playing for them to hear because that tends to be sensationalized that tends to be they take one thing and I'm I'm not saying that they don't have truth there but the nature of their reporting is to pull you in to sort of grab you emotionally and we don't want our kids we don't want them overwhelmed by that and there's lots of arguing sometimes on those shows and that kind of thing and, <laughs> and debating and all this, which not that in and of itself, it's a terrible thing, but our kids do not need that volatility. And yeah. so we really need to be careful that they're not uh, taking this stuff in, downloading this um, high emotion news yeah. more more often than is necessary, which I think it very little is necessary for them. And if, if you do choose to watch a new show, sit there with them 
and then oh, maybe talk good. about it afterwards so that they understand. Um, I know so you can make it make sense to them. Give them it a chance helps to ask to questions help them. about it. Yeah. yeah, it helps them to filter, you yeah. know, and, and for you, you know, when you're able to guide them through that, that makes a really big difference, I think. And then they're able to understand things a little bit more. So really good advice. I, I love the idea that, that you've said about making time for family activities in the midst of this. I mean, we don't have to be all about business. Oh my goodness. You know, mm -hmm. but to have some sort of family activity, have you guys had a couple family activities that you've been able to, to use or to do? Yeah, we try to, um, we try to make, we try to make more time for just doing stuff as a family because you know, what we want the kids to remember when they think back about this time is how much fun and how many things we got to do as a family and, you know, how we played board games and um, how we just got to enjoy each other's company in, in a way that we don't always have a luxury to do. That's what I would love my kids to remember about this time instead of it being a scary, unpredictable time. And so... Um, and even, you know, even making time to be physically close in proximity with your kids, you know, they might need that extra touch. And I know with teenagers, it might be a pat on the back, a high five, a rub of the head when you walk by, but any of those things that can just help them feel more connected and secure are going to be beneficial for them. And for us, to be honest, for us, we need yeah. to unplug from all this information too, I know I have a propens propensity to want to know all the information like that helps me feel secure information does, mm -hmm. but I have got to be careful that it's not to the detriment of, of my family, that it's not taking me away from what they need. Um, so I've got to choose carefully when and how I do my research and learning and, and taking in of all the news so that it's not to the um, detriment of the rest of the family. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, to be sensitive to that. Because you can kind of get hooked on the information. Oh, and yeah. Wanting more and more. And, you know, there's, there's just such a feeling of um, so many people that I've spoken to, there's a feeling of, I don't know if it's gotten to despair yet, but it's definitely past the blahs, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's past that, maybe not to despair, but there's a heaviness. And, um, and you had um, spoken about one way that um, really can address that feeling of feeling like, you know, that, that feeling, a way that we can find some purpose, that that purpose propels us out of that feeling. Can you, um, can you explain to the listeners what, what that might be? Yeah. Yeah. I think when, when things are unknown and we feel helpless, which I think that is a feeling many people feel right now, helpless, and uh, they're not able to get filled up doing the things that used to fill them up. Like a lot of those options have been taken away. A lot of the things that brought joy and fulfillment in our life have now been taken away from us temporarily, hopefully temporarily. Um, and so <laughs> Uh, finding ways to still, finding new ways to serve and give. And I think this is super important for kids in this time. 
to give kids a way to feel like they're making a difference in this for someone. And that, um, that could be um, writing a letter to someone. It could be drawing a picture and sending it to a nursing home. It could be like many people have done, you see the beautiful chalk illustrations on the, on the driveway or the sidewalk to brighten someone else's day. Maybe it's if you're able, you know, like just yesterday, our neighbors across the street uh, came in secret and hid a bunch of Easter eggs in our yard <laughs> for our kids. And I'm nice. sure that made us feel wonderful. And I'm sure they felt wonderful. Like I need, you can do things to brighten someone's day. Um, even just praying for people specifically. So that's something we, that's something I didn't mention, but we have upped our structured prayer in our family and to make it for a specific intention on a certain day. This is for all the doctors and nurses uh, who are working hard or, you know, mm -hmm. this day we are going to offer our prayers for the uh, rescue personnel or the people in nursing homes or the politicians who have to make all these super hard decisions about, oh, our yeah. country, you know, so ways to get outside of yourself. And in general, when someone's feeling depressed, that is even adults, like that's the right. number one thing to do, like get outside yourself, volunteer, do some service work. Now that has to look really different now that we're all at home, but this, the premise is still the same. Oh, I love that. Wow, you've given us some really great tools. So just, just to recap a little bit, um, uh, these are some of the things that Eve has suggested for us as moms uh, to do with our kids, to have some really good consistency and predictability, and um, also get ha helping the kids get some good sleep and uh, providing some really good nutrition. And then uh, being a little bit careful about what um, your kids are being exposed to on the media, to, to watch out for that, just to be sensitive. And um, just keeping close, close proximity to your kiddos while providing some family fun activities so that it's just not this really hard thing all the time. And then finally, and, the, and one of the biggest ones I think is to reach out and help somebody else. And I, those are such great things, Eve. Thanks. Thanks so much for um, coming on today and, and sharing your wisdom and just really um, thankful for you and for the way that uh, you, you know, you minister to moms and to women. It's really awesome. So thank You're you. You're welcome. For You're welcome. Um, as we were talking, uh, this, this verse came to my mind and so much of what we communicate to our kids is communicated via our tone and our attitudes and the words that we use. And we can do a lot to reduce anxiety in our kids just by being kind. And this, I love this verse from Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. So, uh, maybe as Eve suggested, let's spread a little kindness around with uh, the help that we can give somebody else. And on our Moms Together podcast, we always close with a prayer. So will you join me in prayer today? Father, thank you for the wisdom you have given Eve so that she can share it with the moms here. 
We remember when the disciples' life was turned upside down after Jesus was crucified and they went back to familiar things like fishing. Father, keep, help us to be wise and to allow our kids the space to do some things that bring them comfort. Give us kind words to speak to reduce our kiddos' anxiousness. Help us to walk through these uncertain times knowing that you are with us. Give us the humility to ask for help when we need it and to reach out to help others. We know you are faithful and we can cast all our fears, our worries, our anxiety on you because you care for us. Amen. See you next time. Hey mamas, thanks for joining us today. We pray that this podcast encouraged you. Did you know that we hang out on Instagram and Facebook? If you'd like to directly connect with us, join our Moms Together Facebook group because we would love to get to know you. And remember, we are moms together because we are better together.